Hi, welcome to Calm Waters. I'm your host, Wendy Lee, and I hope you're all doing well today. I hope you're all happy and healthy. I don't know about all of you, but the last couple of days I've been a little insecure, actually a lot insecure, and I think I definitely want to address this because I think all of us feel incredibly insecure at times and then we are harder on ourselves, at least I am. But let me explain. So in the last podcast, I know I explained that I'm starting to go to pelvic floor therapy to help with um, some of the prolapsing that comes with age sometimes and comes with... um, certain things, you know, uh, I know for me, I had a partial hysterectomy at 29. And shortly after that, um, some of my internal organs started to prolapse and go downward. And so I had certain surgeries, uh, a cystocele, a rectocele, and a bladder sling put in to lift everything up. But over time, usually that only lasts about 10 to 15 years. I had it done in 2012. So you understand where I'm at. I'm starting to reach that point where it can start um, prolapsing again. So anyways, I went to my first um, pelvic floor therapy session. And it's very interesting because I found out that a lot of issues with the pelvic floor are caused by trauma. And then I also learned that um, as much as this is embarrassing for me to talk about, I think it's uh, definitely um, good that I talk about it because maybe I'll help someone else. And if you're younger and you're doing this right now, stop doing it. And what do I mean by that? I was told by this pelvic floor therapist um, as I was talking to her and she was asking me all of my past history, um, all my past surgeries, all my past trauma that I've had, which, oh my gosh, I said, well, how long do you have? This is going to take hours, but I condensed everything for her. But what I've been doing all along for years that I didn't realize that I was doing a lot of damage to my not only my organs, but to my pelvic floor was I was sucking in my stomach like daily, like all day long without even like, it became such a habit that when I wasn't sucking in my stomach, I felt disgusting and flabby and fat and I would immediately suck it back in. Even though I'm, I'm not a heavy person by any means, but I'm, I'm not a super thin person by any means, but um, you know, I I carry a lot of my weight now over the last year in my lower belly. And I know I told you guys last time too that I was experiencing bloating and these other issues. Well, she says to me that when you when you suck in your, your stomach or your abdominal muscles and you tighten them all day long, that creates pressure. And that pressure pushes downward because of gravity. So think of it as like you're, you know, the way she described it is I'm, I'm hoping when you're, when you're sucking in your stomach, so go ahead and do that. Just think of doing that all day long. And I mean, seriously, like I would literally make sure that it was in all day long because of my 
you know, insecurity. And I guess some of that was, I guess I didn't want to realize how much weight I really did put on during menopause and COVID. So that was kind of my way of like saying, no, I haven't gained weight when really I did. And so when I released that in the office with her and there was this, you know, pooch of a belly, I was like mortified, you guys. Like I literally was like, Oh my God. And and again, I'm not, I don't have anything against anyone who has a belly or, but I'm saying for me, because I'm used to being smaller and I'm not used to having that. I was feeling incredibly bad about myself. And I even told her, I said, this is so hard for me to have it just out there, you know, and it's, it's just so difficult. And I felt so self-conscious And that was a few days ago. That was actually Tuesday. Well, now it's Saturday. And all week I have practiced my breathing. And she gave me a bunch of exercises to do at home. But one of the main things is she said, do not hold in your stomach anymore. Because if you can do that, you know, and, and, you know, obviously if you, if you don't like your, your belly being there, there are exercises and there are things that you can do to start shrinking it. And, you know, the reality, you know, hit when I came home and, you know, my husband's like, oh, and he kind of like looks at me and he, he comments and I got so mad and I'm like, it's not my fault and blah, blah, blah. And I had to let it out. And it was like, I was almost like just acting ridiculous all because I had exhaled and let out my stomach. And now it's like out there. So I um, got online and I ordered four swimsuits because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to find swimsuits that can cover that for now. And, you know, and here I'm ordering all these clothes and I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like, this is not what I need to be doing. So when I ordered it and I got everything because everything came, in fact, a lot of stuff came today and I tried it all on and most of it didn't fit me because I was used to buying the smaller sizes from, you know, before COVID and over the last, like I said, year, I really have gained right around my middle. But a lot of it's my own fault from not drinking enough water, from, you know, uh, I know that sometimes I do like to have something sugary um, after lunch or after breakfast, or I'm sorry, after dinner. And that is not good because whatever you don't burn off as sugar stores in your body as fat. And I know that I had gotten back on, um, you know, drinking soda here and there and not a good situation. So I literally sat down and I educated myself on which foods, because I I have to be careful because I also, also have diverticulosis and you have to eat a certain way and you have to avoid certain foods in order to keep your colon healthy and in order to keep the pockets that develop from having diverticulosis, which are called diverticula, and those are the pockets that form in your colon that sometimes hold either stool or catch foods like seeds or nuts, little tiny particles of foods that really you should not be eating. And that can cause your colon to get backed up with feces and then you can't, or stool, I should say, and then you can't um, poop correctly. So it's a whole thing and it'll cause all these problems. It'll cause gas and bloating. And 
So I have been educating myself over the past few days. I mean, I've already known things, but I mean, really going over and above. And I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to be walking at least an hour every day, which I started over a week ago. And I've been doing 35 to 45 minutes because if I do any more than that right now, my lower back starts to hurt real bad. So I ordered an SI belt, which is, um, it kind of goes around your, um, your waist and it helps hold your pelvis like tighter. And then you don't have as much back pain or pelvis pain when you walk because I like to power walk. So if you, you know, are having problems with your lower back or your SI joint or um, you have pelvic floor issues, you definitely want to invest in an SI belt if you um, can. And they sell them on Amazon. And you can also check with your doctor or your chiropractor. And usually they can point you in the right direction. But that is like so huge to be doing when you are, you know, going to start a walking program and you have issues with prolapsing. But the other thing is too, that I'm like, I started going down that path of, oh my gosh, I have to buy bigger shirts now. I have to cover my belly now because I am, I'm feeling very bad about myself, which is ridiculous because I'm still small. I just now have the the belly in the front. But again, I have to work hard at this and cut back no added sugar whatsoever um, other than natural sugars. So honey, uh, raw maple syrup. Um, you can also just put uh, cut up fruit in some uh, coconut yogurt that is unsweetened. Um, that's a good snack. And here lately, I've been putting walnuts in my yogurt. And then I'm wondering why, why I'm bloating and why I'm possibly getting constipated at times. And it's from the nuts because I can't have those with diverticulosis. So that's one thing that I eliminated this week. The second thing that I added more of into my diet is more salad. And I have to be careful with that. I don't want to have too much, but you want women, you want to stay around 25 grams of fiber um, per day. So, and if you do have diverticulosis, you want to follow a high fiber diet. But then if that ever gets infected and you go into diverticulitis, which is an, an infection of your diverticula, then you want to go to a low residue or a liquid diet to make sure that you are um, getting the colon to calm down once it's been infected or it's been inflamed. I should say more inflamed because if it's infected, then you have a real big problem. And people who usually have diverticulitis that is way out of control, they end up in the hospital, they end up having to have some of their colon cut out and reconnected and it's just a whole big mess. So knowing this and educating myself, I can no longer eat popcorn, I can no longer have seeds. I have been eating a ton of strawberries lately and those also have seeds. So, you know, I, I really have to go back to trial and error here and start making a list of the foods that I can eat that will help to keep my mobility and keep me pooping, you know, regularly and helping with the bloating and that will definitely help with my belly as well. And so will the water and then eating, you know, um, small pieces of protein, either with my breakfast, which I've been doing a little piece of chicken and one egg. And I scramble that up and I've been cutting all that up and eating that with some zucchini. And I have to be careful with the skins also when you have diverticulosis, 
you have to be careful with the skins too on that. But this is turning into a podcast about that. And really it's just mainly about feeling insecure. And I know we can feel insecure about our clothes when we put them on, like I have been. Uh, we can be insecure when, you know, we th- well, with me, I feel like when I'm at the gym, I'm staring at other women and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, how come they are older than me and they look better than me? Well, they've, they've put in the work and chances are they're probably in menopause too and, you know, or they're th- through menopause and a lot of women that I've spoke to that are through their menopause, they're between 55 and 65 they're feeling so much better. Their inflammation has gone down. Their mid, uh, their their stomachs has gone down from either coming off estrogen, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm also weaning off the estrogen to see where I'm at with the hot flashes because if they're gone, then that's going to help also with the bloating. So there's all these things that are going on right now, but these are things that I can control, and there's some things that I can't control. Like genetics, I can do as many workouts as I want, but unfortunately too, my whole family carries a lot of their weight in their thighs and in their bellies. And I'm gonna work my hardest and do what I can do, but I also have to kind of accept my body right now for where it's at. So every day I've been getting up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I'm naked and I'm like, okay, you are beautiful, you look wonderful, and you are going to work hard at getting rid of the stomach that you do not like. But in the meantime, embrace where you're at, love yourself, Wendy, because you look pretty good for being 51 and having two children, which I do, but I need to tone and I need to start getting this weight off. And that's what I intend to do. But in the meantime, I have to accept where I'm at and I have to stop feeling so insecure, stop comparing myself to the other women at the gym who have been there a hell of a lot longer than I've been there. I've been there weeks. They've been there years. So I will get there. I just have to keep going. So I guess what I'm trying to say here, and I also wanted to update everyone on what's going on is, you know, us as women, I think that we need to really embrace one another and empower each other and lift one another up and, you know, give each other compliments and, um, you know, give ourselves compliments and say, you know what, I'm, I am going to work on the things that I can control, but on some of the things that I can't control, I have to embrace those because we only have one life and I want to live my life to the fullest and be happy and I don't want to be depressed and I don't want to be sad and I don't want to be angry that I have this belly and I know that I did it to myself. And the pizza that I ate twice a week, sometimes three times a week, um, was not doing me any favors and it was just adding to my middle. So with that said, I'm altering some recipes too. Like instead of having pizza on actual dough, I'm going to start making, you know, maybe once in a while I'll have maybe a corn tortilla or an almond flour tortilla that's gluten-free with a little bit of sauce and a little bit of cheese. And that way it'll curb my appetite for pizza, but yet I'm not eating all the calories and all the gluten and all the heavy, you know, regular flour and processed foods 
There's a way to alter it. We can all, I can also do zucchini rounds, which are delicious. And you make those, you cut them, you cut up the zucchini and you can put those in the oven and you add sauce and you can also add cheese on top and they are absolutely delicious. And I've cooked those before and there's, there's recipes on Pinterest. You can do um, zucchini uh, pizza boats where you cut your zucchini longwise in half. Same thing. But there are so many different things. You just have to swap different things out for different things. Like I was saying before, for your recipes, you can do coconut sugar, you can do maple syrup, and you can do honey, or you can do dates to sweeten recipes rather than refined and processed sugar. You want to stay away from that as much as possible if you're trying to lose belly fat. The other thing is, Doing your exercises in the morning is awesome because then it sets the tone for your metabolism for the day. So I've been getting up at 6, hitting the gym by 6.30, and making sure that I am walking for 40 minutes, and then I come home and there's this, literally, it's an 11-minute workout, and you can find them on Pinterest, but they're very quick workouts. You build up a sweat within those 11 minutes, but you're hitting each movement very hard and you're, you don't rest. You're moving from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And then the next thing that I'm doing to help eliminate the belly fat is carrying around when I walk one and a half pound weights. And you can work up to three, four or five, but I have shoulder issues, so I have to be careful. But lately I've been wearing a sweatshirt that has pockets and I've just been setting the weights in there so that it weights me down a little bit and I'm adding a little bit of weight to my walking. And it's a little trick, and I think it's going to end up doing wonders for me. And the other thing that I adopted is throughout the day, I'm doing planks. And even if you can plank three times a day for a minute each time, you will see that you'll get stronger each time you do the planks. And if you can hold it for 10 seconds, start off with 10 seconds. If you can do 20, do 20. If you can do 30, I can do about 25. And I used to be able to do like two minutes. So I have to build back up to that. But that will also strengthen your abdominal muscles and your core. And that will also help you lose the belly fat. So I, um, I appreciate you guys listening today. And I hope that some of these tips were helpful on losing belly fat um, and becoming more secure about our bodies. Because, you know, we only get one body. And we have to take care of it. And I'm so sorry that I was not doing the things that I should have been doing this whole year when I've been going through menopause and now I'm postmenopausal, but I'm still going through, you know, some of the mood swings. And now that I'm weaning off my bioidentical hormone patch and I'm not taking the progesterone anymore, we're gonna see where I'm at. So and then we'll have a baseline and see. Was that causing some of the inflammation? Was that causing some of my belly fat? But if it wasn't, then all of this belly fat that I've accumulated is strictly just that. It's fat. And I've done it to myself by poor eating, you know, at times. Even though I try to eat well, um, I still have fun foods here and there, but I was having too much of them. So anyhow... Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please hit the notification bell so that every week you'll be notified. I put out a podcast every Sunday at 9 a.m. So thank you again. 
And I hope that you guys can all incorporate some good, healthy habits for yourself. Do yourself a favor and start really watching it. If you're younger right now, start watching it now because the older you get, the harder it is to take off this weight. And we want to be healthy women and we want to empower each other and lift each other up and feel secure when we are dressing and when we're going outside and when we're at the gym no matter what size we are, we have to learn to embrace that. But there are things that you can do to change. But the things we can't change, learn to embrace that. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I'll let you know how well I do in the next podcast. But thanks again and have a wonderful rest of your day. Love and light. Bye now.